I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreateapodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreateapodcast.com. See you there. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Alana, where she's going to share with us how you can create the perfect uh, contract as a creative when you're partnering with companies. Hey, Alana, how are you? Hey, Debbie. I'm good. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Before we get to all of your tips and tricks, can you tell us a little bit about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yes. So you can catch more of me in the original interview, which I encourage you to go find. Um, But to give you a little short synopsis, I'm a recovering attorney and I became really passionate about photography, travel writing, the entire travel space. And eventually I found a way to combine my interest in travel and creative writing with my background, which is in trademarks, copyrights, contracting, and branding. So I've focused my kind of education and my law firm experience into helping creatives and small businesses answer the legal questions that pop up in their everyday life as they, you know, try to be entrepreneurs. A lot of the questions that people have usually revolve around contracting. People definitely have questions about the branding aspect too, but I think the question that I get most frequently is, you know, what should I do when a company sends me a contract? You know, oh, I'm considering the sponsorship or this kind of affiliation opportunity with a company or an ad with a company. So what should I do? And I mean, if people are not asking those questions, they definitely should be. But I think where we're starting, which is the five things you should do before signing a contract is a really good kind of starting point for anyone that either is drafting a contract themselves or is given a contract by a company. Yeah. And I love the fact that you have been able to take your knowledge and all of those years and your degree, because that's one thing that we're always afraid of. Like we paid all that money for our education and we don't use it. But um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's happened to me. <laughs> it's, it, it's a, but listen, it's a sunk cost. You know, it's like when you pay for a gym membership and you're like, oh, but I'm not going to the gym. Maybe I have to be going to the gym. I mean, like that money is, you've already paid it regardless, right? So you can't let... <laughs> money that you've already spent, like influence the decisions that you're making going forward, right? Like why let that hang over your head? Just make the right decisions for you going forward. Yeah, you can't let that stop you from doing something that you really love because you paid for something that you didn't want. Exactly, exactly. And I'm not saying don't go to the gym. (laughs) Gyms are great. (laughs) So now let's talk about those tips that you have, the starter tips that you have before signing a contract and you have five different tips. Can you tell us a little bit more about those and how we can really create a contract that will be beneficial for us? Yes. 
Happy to. So step one is, is really, really simple. Read it and read it again, right? So a company sends over a contract and you look at it and it's like, you know, font size eight or something and your mm-hmm. eyes start blurring over. And I think it's the fact that, you know, we, we, in life, we see all these kind of like these long contracts that no one reads, right? Like they pop up on your computer and you just click accept, right? So that you can move on. And that sort of conditions us to not read things. And that's a real problem, especially for your business. So when you get a contract in front of you, step one is always read it and read it again. You definitely want to know what is in there that you're agreeing to, right? That's like so, so, so important. It can be very tempting to just get excited by the fact that, you know, company A wants to work with you, right? And it it could be an amazing opportunity, but you don't know, you know, the benefits or the pitfalls that are really going on with that opportunity until you really understand the contract language. So that is step one. So now what is the next thing that we need to do in order to continue on? Because I know we do get so excited once we land that deal and sometimes we just graze over it and we don't realize there's like fine prints, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So the next step is as you're reading it, most likely you're going to come across a term or phrase or paragraph that you don't understand. And that's okay, but you can't kind of let it end there and you can't just kind of gloss over that and say, oh, it's most likely nothing because it it definitely could be something, right? So you either want to ask for clarification from the company, you want to do some Googling, or you want to chat with someone like me that has a legal background and can help you figure it out. I definitely know what it feels like to get, like you read something, you can get embarrassed to admit that you don't understand something, but it's better to like feel embarrassed for a second and admit to the client that, hey, you know, I need some clarification on this than to sign something and then have that term like explode into this big issue, right? For either like you getting paid or what happens with your creative work, right? Like there can be a lot of issues that come from not asking the questions at the time that you read through something that you didn't understand. Yeah. Better to be safe than sorry. I know we all have that fear of questioning, you know, what if they say no, and then I lose this, but you don't also want to screw yourself. For sure. For sure. And a good company, a company that is, you know, honest and transparent should never have an issue answering your questions. So that could be a red flag. And it's almost good to test that out at the outset so that you kind of know what relationship you're getting into. Yeah, that's a really good point because most of these companies that are really great and they're professional, they're going to be willing to answer all of those questions and they have nothing to hide. Exactly. So what is your next tip for us for creating these contracts and signing them? So step number three is to at least consider including your own language. I would think about it this way. When you're getting a contract from a company, the purpose of that contract is unfortunately not to protect you. That contract serves that company and it's meant to get the most value for the company. I mean, that's why they have their attorneys that draft these contracts a certain way, right? So without at least considering negotiating some of your own language into the contract, you're not going to get as much value in exchange for the work that you're doing as you could. 
Absolutely. And I think sometimes too, certain companies will ask for your own contract. So look out for that. Maybe they will allow you to do that as well. Definitely. And if they do, I mean, that's a huge opportunity for you because then you're sort of setting the foundation of your relationship. And I think that's a great opportunity. And if you're intimidated about like contract drafting, again, that's something you can ask me or someone like me, sort of understand what things you want to put into that contract so that you're protecting yourself and maximizing value for the hard work that you're doing. Now, what's the next step that we should be going into when creating them? The next step is as you're reading the contract or even rereading it, you always want to be on the lookout for language that gives a company rights to your work forever. Okay, that, that, is, uh, that should be a little bit of a red flag. I actually wrote an article on coursecharter.com that touches on this, and it's called Three Major Ways That Content Creators Are Hurting Their Brand. And signing away rights to your creative product forever is one of those ways. Just imagine that you, let's say you did a set of photographs from a press trip. Do you really want that company to do whatever they want with those photographs forever? That could be a really long time because companies can have, you know, pretty much an infinite duration. You know, they could potentially outlive you, right? So putting some reasonable time limits for the way in which a company uses your work, I think is something you should definitely consider. And I think a reputable, reasonable company would understand, you know, you saying like, okay, hey, you know, we're doing this campaign, but like, let's say that it lasts, you know, you can use my photographs for like the next five years, right? 10 years. Some reasonable time limits, I think, are definitely in order. Yeah, that's a really great idea because sometimes you don't really think about that. You know, we just say, okay, here's my work. And you don't realize that they could be using it for whatever it is and you don't know and forever how long and you're definitely losing out on that as well. Exactly. Exactly. Plus if a company loves working with you and they love that like initial work product, then having a time frame on it may also be sort of like a, um, like a little like light bulb moment where the company thinks, Oh, Hey, maybe like we can do another project. Right. Absolutely. And make that continued partnership prolong that for as long as you can. (laughs) Exactly. Sure. I mean, it's the reason you're working together in the first place is that it's valuable for both of you, right? So that should be the mentality going into it. Yeah. Now, what's your last tip for us? So my last tip is be careful of language that doesn't limit what the company can do with your creative work. So if we keep going with the photography example, imagine that there's no language in the contract limiting what the company can do with your photographs. And let's say they alter your shots for the campaign and they alter them in a way that's inconsistent with your brand and what you stand for. Let's say you run a website that's dedicated, you know, to being healthy and taking care of your body. And all of a sudden you send, you know, these beautiful photographs to a brand and they alter them for, you know, like a smoking ad. All of a sudden, you know, this person in your photograph is holding a cigarette. Well, that could be very damaging to your brand, right? And if you didn't limit the type of use that the company can make off of your photographs, you know, you don't really have a lake to stand on once they do that. So that is definitely something to consider is think about limiting the alteration of your creative work product, whether that's your writing or that's your photography or that's a video that you make for the company. That's something you should keep in mind. Yeah. 
Well, these tips are so crucial for us because it's something that is needed and we often see it as entrepreneurs and freelancers. But there's so many things like you're talking about with the language that sometimes can get really confusing. So if our listeners want to know more about this and they want to talk to you, Alana, where can they find you? The best way to find me is go to coursecharted.com. You can also send me an email, contact at coursecharted.com. But if you go to the website and you go to Course Charted, you can pretty much navigate from there and reach me, whether it's through my social media platforms or through the email link there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alana, for being here with us and for sharing with us all of these different tips for contracts. <laughs> my pleasure, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Alana. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she left the American dream to become a remote travel writer. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.